When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Psychologically Minded. I am your host, Grace Fowler, and today I have a very special guest joining me to discuss the Will Smith Oscar slap. Cassandra Cassie Wells is a fifth-year doctoral student and licensed marriage and family therapist. Cassie is currently pursuing a career in forensic psychology, and what makes her extra qualified for this podcast is her love of binge-watching TV shows. Welcome to the show, Cassie. Oh my gosh, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. I definitely feel honored and very special to be able to share this interesting conversation with you regarding the slap heard around the world. So... (laughs) Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. And Cassie is our first in-person guest. Yay. Thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so you had picked this topic, and I was wondering if you wanted to give us a little uh, quick intro to, like, why you were interested in this topic before we dive in. Yeah, I, for me, you know, I didn't see the Oscars, you know, on television, but seeing some of the the news responses and just kind of the uproar on social media, people having their own just versions of like what should have happened, what didn't happen. I was like, wow, like people are really tripping off of this. And I also just saw that I don't know if it would have been the same thing if it would have happened with maybe a non-black person. Mm. So there was a lot of interesting intersectionalities and dynamics that were at play that I thought were very interesting and, you know, maybe worth a discussion. So here we are. Yes. And we're <laughs> glad to have you on to talk about it. I agree. I also was not watching the Oscars, but was the slap heard around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were a lot of interesting takes that people had about it that oh, I think yeah. will be really interesting for us to kind of parse through. Um, But because we are both in the psychology world, I think we can also bring a cool perspective about like what could motivate some behaviors behind exactly um, the slap. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So for those of you who didn't see the viral video (laughs) and didn't watch the Oscars at all, uh, we're talking about this event that happened at the Oscars where Chris Rock was presenting an award and made a G.I. Jane joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, who is Will Smith's wife, Mm -hmm. uh, who had shaved her head recently. So Mm -hmm. the assumption was that the joke was about her diagnosis of alopecia. Um, And Jada was there with her husband, Will Smith. And although originally we saw Will laughing at the joke, Mm -hmm. about like 15 minutes later, he gets up on stage and he slaps Chris Rock across the face goes back to his seat, he shouts, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And that was the event. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and 
you know, as people will continue to dissect and go through all the various clips, there was a moment where I think kind of speaks to where some of the things you're going to be talking about arose where, yes, we see Will laughing and there's another scene where he kind of looks over to his wife Mm. and at first she was laughing, but then her face kind of just went ashen and just, she just wasn't laughing anymore. And I think at that point, Will felt this need to defend his wife and defend her honor. And, you know, and I think I can respect that, but, you know, on the same end, uh, there's a time and place for everything, right? And there could have been a, maybe a different way he could have approached that versus walking up on stage and slapping the shit out of somebody like that to the point where, I mean, the look on Chris Rock's face was like, ah, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. It's all fun and games. It's all jokes. So, you know, uh, and I think it's a, a bigger issue of, you know, this person feeling that they have this much power to just go up on stage right in the middle of someone's speech and slap them. I mean, regardless of what was the ramifications or the situation, you know, you have to kind of show some cooth and some restraint around mm. your own emotions. And that definitely kind of went out the window. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring up power, and I think we'll definitely be talking about that through some of the themes we see here. Um, But yeah, like, what does it mean to just (laughs) think that you can essentially have any reaction you want to a a joke, and most of us who aren't billionaire (laughs) movie stars would have had a lot more consequences for that type of action. Exactly. But at the same time, there is also a different element of it is to black men Mm -hmm a woman is involved in the situation. Like there are different power dynamics that are going on exactly, as well. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think even just the cultural aspect, you know, um, uh, you know, I wonder if for Will, you know, and, and I don't know how much people know about Will and Jada's kind of relationship history, but it hasn't always been, you know, smooth sailing. There's been some tumultuous public uh, situations that have, come to light where you know will has been kind of caught in public doing some things and jada has been caught in her entanglements and uh and just also rumors around them having an open marriage so you know for me it just seemed a little bit extreme because i felt that they had this very fluid relationship that they they weren't going to succumb to things like a joke and that they would just smooth it over. But to see this reaction from Will, it made me think like, okay, so what's really going on in their marriage? And for him to feel this need to defend her honor to that extent. And Jade has always been the kind of person who's just been really strong, independent, um, you know, never really, I guess, needed a man. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think uh, her whole red table talk revealed some information that at one point she didn't want to be married Mm -hmm. so I thought that was really interesting and you know and even talks around that uh she really gave her heart to Tupac like her and Tupac had a thing way back and she was completely in love with Tupac and when he died it was devastating to her so I felt like in some degree maybe she settled and made this marriage work with Will. And I'm wondering if some of those residual feelings are coming out. And I've spoke to other people about it. And, you know, um, and one perspective is that Will is trying to 
really prove his love for Jada. Mm. So I don't know how I feel about that, but it's one perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you bring up the kind of the public knowledge we have about the relationship, mm-hmm. because I will say for a celebrity couple, we do have a lot of information, partly yeah. because of the Red Table Talk show, mm-hmm. partly because of just stories that have come out in the tabloids, and they do take the time to like confirm or deny stories oh, yeah. in ways that other celebrities don't. Yeah, there's like a, we have an understanding of their relationship that maybe is a little more open or a little mm-hmm. more understanding than other maybe traditional heterosexual relationships. Right, right. But also, I think that makes the public feel like they do have an investment in their relationship and may explain why we saw a lot of hot takes <laughs> coming out online <laughs> after the video and of like, do we actually have any ownership of this relationship exactly. just because they have a show where they talk about themselves exactly. and, you know, at the end of the day, is this even something that people need to have an opinion about? Now, I understand the hypocrisy, hypocrisy of us now doing right, I know, an right. entire episode about but... it, <laughs> but yeah, I think that should also temper the opinions that people have of like, this is a relationship that is public knowledge to us by choice that they Mm -hmm. have allowed the public to know this much about them. Right. And even though they're being open and honest, it's still, they are managing the image we have of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And this may have been an event that was outside of that, like reputation management. So definitely, I think that's important for us to definitely remind the listeners of. (laughs) Exactly. I agree. Completely agree. Yes, yes. Well, before we dive too far in, I did want to bring up a take that I heard uh, actually on a different podcast, (laughs) you know, podcasting about podcasts, right? where the podcast hosts were speculating about the G.I. Jane joke Mm. actually being a lesbian joke and not about Mm. being bald. Now, I've never seen seen G.I. Jane. Have you? I did. And I... I'm not getting the lesbian vibe. So I did read an IMDb synopsis. Okay. okay. <laughs> and apparently there is a plot point where to Demi Moore's character like joins the Navy SEALs mm-hmm. to essentially prove women can do the Navy too. Exactly, exactly. And there's a point where in order to discredit her, there is a, a, a rumor planted that she is a lesbian with these photos taken of her hanging out with other female officers. Uh, I do remember that, yes. Now, yes. from my reading, didn't seem to be the biggest plot point in the world. Yes. <laughs> and seeing as how you didn't remember it at all. Yes. Not sure if that was the intention. Right. right. But I do think there is something about women who have reputations of being like very tough or like badasses, like the character in G.I. Jane, or like Jada herself i think her career has very been built on Mm -hmm. like you said she's very independent has made it kind of clear that she doesn't need a relationship Mm -hmm. and so is it possible that the gi jane joke was targeted at a type of woman who is very aggressive i don't even want to say aggressive like assertive and powerful and used to kind of take her down a notch because she's not feminine enough so I, I just wanted to kind of see what you thought about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it brings up a lot of different, you know, things around societal norms, gender norms. And if you're not fitting this box of being feminine, then then you must be this other other person, whether it's gay or whatever. But I mean, I think hopefully that we're starting to become more progressive in our way of thinking and hopefully viewing women outside of these boxes because, you know, Jada, um, you know, 
played in a lot of movies. Um, I mean, one of my most memorable ones was, um, I forget what the name of it is, but she was pretty much like the last person standing in like this movie where like the devil comes to the hospital, like to this um, hotel and um, pretty much tries to possess people and tries to get hurt. And it's just, for me, it's just really iconic because it wasn't the normal film that she normally played in, but it, 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 I think that's why I first saw her in this role of being like that strong independent woman. And from then I think um, even a few years after that started her own rock band and Gosh. just, yeah. you know, so I, I can see where it's easy to put someone in this box, but I don't know if it's also because her being a black woman and having these really strong attributes and even features about herself where it's just easier to put her in that box of being lesbian and comparing her to G.I. Jane. Because for the longest time, she's battled with alopecia. So she's always had short hair. Yes. She's always been very, uh, maybe a little bit more masculine dressing. And, you know, I think that speaks to just maybe a lot of the ignorance around people not just allowing someone just to be who they are. You know, if... if you know, when someone sees a person wearing male clothes and they're a woman, oh, they automatically assume, oh, she must be a stud. Well, why right. can't she just like wearing baggy clothes? Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> just wants to be comfortable. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I I can definitely see where a lot of societal things can come into play. But it's such a, I mean, we don't know Jada's life. We don't know the ins and outs of the things that she's experienced and, you know, what has led her to this point. Uh, but I mean, ultimately I feel like there should just be an element of just respect regardless of whether you're, you're lesbian or whatever, yeah. but like, I'm going to treat you as a person. And to be honest, when I first heard the GI joe jane joke yeah it, i mean i thought it was definitely in reference to the bald head yeah you know so hearing this other perspective it's very interesting and i can see how it could play out because of of jada's way and and just you know the plot twist that was very small and yeah. maybe not necessarily salient for me to remember um for how, how that can relate to her i mean it's it's a stretch. It's a strong stretch. Yeah, and I think if the the movie reference was more relevant, like this was a movie from like what the early '90s, like not necessarily super salient to, yeah. especially the audience that's going to see this on like a TikTok exactly. clip on the internet and right. wasn't watching the Oscars at Sunday at 7 p.m. Like yeah. grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to my grandmas out there. Um, but yeah, like keeping in mind like what would be people's first reaction and like I think what we know of the G.I. Jane movie is like she shaves her head mm -hmm. because that's just like it's a visual it's like a meme it's yep. does anyone really remember the intricacies of the plot of G.I. Jane this many years later probably not so yeah but I do think it is interesting that it's like this is a joke that's being made about a woman who's not presenting necessarily traditionally feminine even though she was wearing like a ball gown like yeah, she, was. she was wearing a massive dress yes and has been bald at other times in her career if oh, i'm yes. like remembering correctly like oh, yes. and and has had traditionally very short hair so it's just interesting that like now this is the joke being made was there something that he wanted to make a joke about and so he had to pick her hair because 
it would have been worse to make a joke about like entanglements. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ju- yeah, and also just like, not a relevant reference, Chris Rock. It like, kind of showing your age, sir. It, it is. <laughs> it is, and I think for him, it, in this, from my perspective, he's been in the back scenes for a minute. Like, I haven't seen him, you know, doing a whole lot of public things. Like, he's not out there like some of the well-known ones, like Kevin Hart or. Um, you know, Dave Chappelle and, you know, those ac- those comedians that are out there actually doing their work and promoting their work. I mean, the last thing that I remember Chris Rock doing was his good hair movie, which was like in the early 2000s or mid 2000s. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a while. You know, so, you know, for him to, but making his comeback, being at the Oscars first, you know, I mean, the Oscars are notorious for having non-black hosts a lot of white hosts or you know of of a you know non-bipoc community so for him to get on there and feel like i'm gonna go this route of being real i hate to say raunchy i mean because i mean this could have been other jokes you could have said or another route you could have taken to lighten the mood in the audience but instead you you go for a person's kind of core like you know jada has no control over alopecia but instead you kind of you go for that and it almost seemed like he was trying to make a name for himself um because of maybe how irrelevant he has been in the (laughs) past couple of years like well i'm gonna make a you know a big you know a big hoop and holler or i'm gonna you know leave a mark on this 2022 oscars by doing this and and some people even thought it was scripted or staged because of how it just seems so disjointed, you know. Yeah. All we see is Jada laughing, Will laughing, Jada not laughing, Will walking up on the stage, slapping the shadow out of out of Chris Rock, and then now saying what he said. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird situation going on there. So yeah. and you know, I think to preface like any other conversation we're gonna have today, like yeah, we don't know, right? This is this is all opinion, yes. and you know, on the show we don't diagnose. Definitely not. We don't. We never diagnose anyone we're not, like, mm-hmm. actually working with, even though Cassie is sitting with a microphone on a DSM. <laughs> <laughs> we're not opening it up. Yes. Um, so it is all speculation, and we, we may never know the truth, but mm-hmm. I think events like this do help us to illustrate yeah. how people engage in certain behaviors and how we can learn Definitely. from those events rather than just turning it into, like, a controversy that just for the sake of controversy like what can we actually get out of this exactly exactly and hopefully moving forward just to create just more inclusion because for him to or even just for people to assume that this joke was making a reference to the lgbtq community it's like okay well let's not be so close-minded let's let's hopefully learn from this and figure out a way where we can not target a group of people whether it's people with alopecia or people that might have less feminine looking haircuts or people that might be a part of the LGBT community. Let's figure out for, I mean, of course a joke is a very, uh, it could be a really sensitive thing, but I feel like if we can figure out ways to allow for more humor without targeting a group of people or without making someone feel uncomfortable, you know, I'm all for jokes. Humor is the quickest way to the soul. But if we're starting to, hurt people and judge people and you know having people come up on stage and slap you maybe we gotta rethink the jokes that we're saying so hopefully it's bringing up more awareness around that as well yeah that's a great point yeah yeah, yeah. 
Now, one of the things I wanted to bring up about this event was the way that other celebrities reacted, particularly white celebrities and other men. And I'm thinking particularly of, like, Jim Carrey and Judd Apatow, who made some statements about wanting Will Smith to, like, be arrested by the LAPD, which is problematic in and of itself. Yeah. Um, But just this idea that there are other white men calling for retribution against a black man who is their peer in terms of, like, financial success and fame. Definitely. I personally found it kind of weird. (laughs) Very, very weird. I'd love to get your take. I mean, yes, everyone is entitled to their opinion and their say, but for them to take it to that extreme, that's why I, I wonder if if it was a white person that was hosting and then a white person coming up to slap that other white person, would it have been this big uproar? Would it have resulted in, you know, this 10 year ban for Will and, you know, Jada and Will having another red table talk about it? Like, would it have came to that? I don't know. But, you know, I think it speaks to just the privilege that a lot of these other white male actors have and that they can speak on these things without really knowing, you know, just the difficulties in in managing first being black, being famous, and then also having to navigate being within the, the white world, you know, of, of Hollywood and of social and media and just of the, you know, so yeah, I, I mean, me personally, I I can see how that slap could have warranted maybe Will being arrested. But I think for them to speak on something, not knowing kind of the backstory or not knowing, you know, Will or Jada or even Chris Rock, it's like, okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but let's be a little bit more mindful and be a little more empathetic to the fact that you aren't, you weren't in Will's shoes. You weren't in Chris Rock's shoes. Right. So how can you just assume like, oh, he deserves to be arrested, you know? So, so yeah. Right. And assuming that Chris Rock experienced it as like assault. Right. When we know, and to be fair, Cassie and I know each other because we both work in a jail yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we see lots of cases mm-hmm. where somebody is given the charge of assault right. because they were like holding a pencil at the time of their arrest and like turned around when the, the law enforcement showed up like the you know using these words like assault yeah. or like grave bodily injury yeah. the legal definitions of them are so vague that you can unfortunately use them to target marginalized mm-hmm. mostly people of color for things that like if if I as a white person did at a party no one would call the cops on me and I wouldn't go to jail for so I I do think that yeah it's important to kind of keep that in mind of like in the grand scheme of things do we want to be using words like assault Mm -hmm. when there are unfortunately especially even like children there are juveniles that are charged with things Mm -hmm. because they you know have a staple in their hand when when they're arrested and it's used in an inappropriate way right. to keep people down. I also thought it was like deeply inappropriate to be calling for the LAPD to be involved, yeah. given their history yes. with particularly black men. Exactly. <laughs> and if you are a person who lives in LA, you should be acutely aware mm-hmm. of that history yeah. and understand that like, the Rodney King riots are not that far away in history. 
are not. And you, as a rich person in Hollywood, are calling for this organization to be involved in this event is insensitive, like, at the least. Exactly. And I think that's where having a, a bigger conversation around, okay, what can we do to help maybe, like I said, bring more awareness and maybe prevent things like this from happening in the future? Because I'm not condoning what Will Smith was doing was right. That was right. utterly wrong. Say that. Same thing with Chris Rock. But to send a man for, for to jail for defending his wife and feeling like she he was, you know, kind of upholding her honor and didn't like to see her upset, you know, like... I get it. And I mean, of course, we don't want to take things like assault lightly, but right. we also can't just keep slapping that sticker on everything that we maybe don't understand or that we are afraid of. Because yeah. I think the biggest issue and, and I, I probably could be very wrong, but at least from my opinion, I think the biggest issue and why, you know, Judd Apatow and Jim Carrey felt that Will should be arrested because if they would have said those comments and gotten hit. Oh, they would have for sure pressed charges. And I feel like it just speaks to this almost stigmatization of like black people are dangerous. Black people are scary. You know, like, look at this. This is prime example. He slapped a man on, on stage, you know? So I think that's what I got out of those comments is just this fear. Like instead of reaching out to Will and being like, Hey man, like what happened? Yeah. You know? And I know, Will and Jim, you know, um, I feel like had interactions together with whether various movies or just interacting because they're in the comedic field. Yeah. You know, Jim could have reached out to Will, but instead of just assuming like, oh, my gosh, he's dangerous, which Will has shown no inclination is his, his, his entire career of being dangerous or hostile or aggressive. Yeah, we all have our moments of weakness. We all have our moments where we lose judgment and, you know, lapse in judgment. But should that mean that we be arrested for that? You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. And I think that's a really great segue to one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is this concept of the amygdala hijack. Mm. Now, this is a little neuroscience-y, so bear with us as we... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We go through this, but I did talk about the amygdala in a past episode when we talked about um, the psychonauts, so if you have listened to those episodes, you may remember, but the amygdala is the part of our brain that is responsible for perceiving threats, whether physical or emotional, and I think that's important to note here in that Will Smith and Jada may not have felt physically in danger by the situation they were in, but there was some sort of emotional threat that could have been at play, so it's all types of threat. And when the amygdala perceives a threat, it can send an, a, a signal to the rest of the brain to attack back, which would be the fight in the fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it also sends a signal to run exactly. or freeze exactly. in the fight, flight, or freeze. Right. <laughs> now, the only that's not the only part of our brain, right? The prefrontal cortex is supposed to manage the amygdala's message right. and use all of the additional information available to us to kind of measure... Are we going to go with what the amygdala is recommending or are we going to take a different path? So that's how it's supposed to work, right? right? The amygdala sends the fight signal. Mm -hmm. The prefrontal cortex says, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Let's not do that. Let's weigh the consequences. Go full throttle. (laughs) Right. Or maybe the consequences are that if I don't fight right now, it will be worse. Right. right? So the prefrontal cortex is doing that for us. Now, in an amygdala hijack situation, the prefrontal cortex doesn't ever come online. The amygdala overrides those signals, sends the fight signal out too fast mm-hmm. for our conscious brain to really right. 
Mushroom. Yeah. And in this article that I was reading by Azarian, the author was talking about how people are more susceptible to amygdala hijack when they've been drinking. Hmm. Because alcohol can inhibit your prefrontal cortex and so i thought hmm if we're at a party like the oscars is it likely that will smith has been drinking and may have been more susceptible to amygdala hijack oh yes (laughs) and i remember even because i had to do some social media digging because as these posts on instagram are coming up of you know slap her around the world and will smith slap with chris rock you know i was like well let me take a backtrack and you see lots of photos where Will was looking a little hype and maybe was drinking. And so I think that lower inhibition definitely played a role. And maybe even so on Jada's part, because if she might have been drinking, she might have been a little more susceptible to feeling some of those emotions about mm. her, maybe her self-consciousness around her lack of hair. Yeah, You know, so and just a little background um, with being a black woman sometimes hair can be a very important part of your identity. And when you lose that, you feel like a part of you is kind of missing. And, you know, I think when growing up, you know, being African-American woman, you know, girl, I should say growing up, I, you know, went through phases where I was getting perms and braids and things like this and going through the struggles of trying to deal with really coarse, curly hair. And so, you know, and just feeling the the judgment or feeling um, maybe not being able to fit in because my hair didn't fit the stereotypical way of being straight and you know combed and things like that so you know if at the time Jada was struggling with her own kind of self-confidence around her hair drinking lowers her inhibition and then now you might be more susceptible to a joke that may seemingly come across as harmless, but because of the lowered inhibition, now you're taking it to heart. Now you're in your feelings. Right. right. So, so you're more likely to perceive it as a threat. Exactly. Because you don't have that cool front part of the brain <laughs> that's saying, hey, let's like use all the data to figure out what's going exactly. on. Exactly. I think that's a good point too of like, it's not just Will who might have been experiencing the amygdala hijack, mm-hmm. but it could have been Jada as well. Because yeah. we don't know what they were. We don't. Maybe they hadn't eaten enough. What? Maybe they had been drinking. Like, exactly. I'm sure nerves were high too because he was up for an Oscar exactly. and hadn't won yet. Yes. So. so, like, yeah, just. And you're in the public, right? You know the cameras are on you. Exactly. Which I don't react well <laughs> in front of the cameras. <laughs> I can, and, and I know for them, they're used to it, but I don't think anyone can be used to being kind of put on blast the way Chris Rock put them on blast. And no one was prepared for the reaction that Will gave. And, you know, I mean, alcohol is a hell of a drug. So <laughs> even though it's a legal drug, a drug nonetheless, that right. alters our mental states and can get us feeling a certain way when, when I know... You know, Jada has a lot of emotional uh, competence and is emotionally intelligent. And yeah. I mean, from her Red Table Talk specials, you can see that. But yeah. you bring up a good point. When there's alcohol involved, all of that emotional intelligence goes out the window because now you're operating solely on your amygdala to kind of guide and lead you. But when the alcohol comes into play, you lose all your prefrontal cortex. So what then, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, and I think as mental health professionals, mm-hmm. we can kind of speak to this experience and that, you know, as always on the show, we're never shaming or 
you know, not giving <laughs> mental health advice. Right. But it is important to understand that substances like alcohol can influence these parts of the brain mm-hmm. that help us to function exactly. throughout the day. And so if you are in a situation where you're, you know you're going to be drinking or under the influence, it's important for you to know that you may not have control over all of your actions. And so that can help us decide, should I be drinking right now or not? Do I need to have my faculties about me or not? Right. And if you are around people that are drinking mm-hmm. and you're going to make comments, right. <laughs> understand that they are not at the same level as you if you are, have not been drinking. Exactly. So I think it goes both it ways, does. too. It really does. And I don't know if, you know, Chris Rock was drinking and felt like his inhibitions were low, too, so he can just say whatever. And I get there is this pressure because you are a host of a show and him being the comedian that he is, you know, has to live up to the certain expectation and, and standard of like, I'm upon a show like this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm here to host. I'm here to make it entertaining. So I'm wondering if that also played a role in his need to kind of, you know, joke and maybe put out uh, maybe a crass joke, in my opinion, to just get a response, to get a reaction, to get the entertainment out there. So, I mean, uh, I mean, in all in all honesty, they all three could have had their amygdala hijacked. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> yeah, we don't know, but no. it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't talk about two men interacting without talking about toxic masculinity. Right? So. Oh, my <laughs> Let's get into it. So first, I found a fun little definition of toxic masculinity from an article by Coopers. Um and this, I'm just going to read this quote because I think it's so interesting. Toxic masculinity is the constellation of socially regressive male traits that serve to foster domination, the devaluation of women, homophobia, and wanton violence. Toxic masculinity also includes a strong measure, measure of the male proclivities that lead to resistance in psychotherapy. Mm. And originally this definition or this like idea of toxic masculinity was developed by someone named Andrea Whaling to explain aggressive heterosexual behavior that leads to domestic violence. Now, Mm. we're not saying anything DV happened, like, you know, we're (laughs) we're not not, (laughs) extrapolating any of that, but this is where the literature comes from. And because we are talking about a relationship dynamic, I thought it was interesting to include kind of like that origins. Um, But I also hear a lot of people throw the term toxic masculinity out, especially online Mm -hmm. or like on the news and maybe not really understand what it means. So I thought it would be good for us to really dive into it. And when we say toxic masculinity, especially as two women (laughs) speaking to each other, (laughs) we're not saying that like masculinity itself is inherently toxic, Right. right? Like, we work with men, mm-hmm. we have men in our personal lives, exactly. like masculine, and, and we also take on masculine traits as right. both as women, exactly. like there are masculine traits both of us mm-hmm. identify with and take on, and again, having any of those doesn't necessarily mean that you're being toxic, but there are aspects of masculinity, particularly in American culture, mm-hmm. where masculinity is being used to accomplish these things, like devaluing women, so I thought that was a great point to talk about how it's toxic from both sides, from the Chris Rock and the Will Smith yeah. side. And I'd love to, you know, hear your perspective. Oh on man. It. I mean, where do I start? It's, <laughs> I mean, from the, the Will Smith perspective, I feel like sometimes there's even this kind of 
before that toxic masculinity kicks in, this maybe feeling of, and maybe this could be just for Will, feeling inadequate. So let me prove myself by exerting myself in this really aggressive and way to defend my wife's honor. And it was funny because, I mean, a friend of mine were having a conversation about it and talking about toxic masculinity. And, you know, their perspective was that because of the history that Will and Jada had and just information around their relationship that, you know, Jada didn't want to get married um, and, Will has pretty much been trying to be this man in her life, this person to to live up to the standard that he just could never live up to because well, Jay didn't want to be married to to him or to anybody. So, you know, uh, for him, it was almost this need that I have to show to her that I'm I'm worthy. And so let me just completely disregard you as a woman defend your honor as I say that in air quotes and you know slap this man in the face because I look over and I see you looking a certain way you know and I feel like that's where the toxic masculinity comes in it's like he's not really thinking about Jada like defending her honor I don't think she wanted him to get up there and slap Chris Rock across the face you know but in his mind for him to be perceived and to feel like a man let me go up there and pretty much show my ass and like here slap this man across the face yeah and from a female perspective if if I wanted my husband or whomever my partner is to defend my honor I would want you to just be there with me in that space hold mm-hmm. my hand like pat my back like give me that endearing look to know like I'm here for you we'll talk about when we get home I don't necessarily need you to walk up on stage and slap a man across their face and so I feel like a lot of this toxic masculinity comes from even a male insecurity standpoint where maybe they're not feeling adequate and for will you know based on my friend's perspective of maybe him not feeling like he's been enough of a husband to her or feeling like you know he has never been able to live up to her standards because like i said will not will jada was devoted to tupac like i thought those two were gonna get married like or be together in some form of fashion but the fact that he died and now Jada was kind of left and Will was there I don't want to say she's settled but I think in Will's mind he has he's been constantly having to prove himself to show like I am worthy so I feel like that's where maybe a lot of that toxic masculinity comes out because of this insecurity of trying to prove himself and just maybe not feeling as adequate and and I think you know toxic masculinity can definitely get down that road of DV, but it can also kind of go the opposite end where men are feeling that they have to constantly prove themselves, you know, whether it's by how much money they make, what kind of things they buy their partner, you know, what they do for their partner, how they show their partner off. You know, I think that also can speak to the toxic masculinity and even the devaluation of women, because not all women want to be like trophy wives. Like we don't want to be shown off for the world to see, you know, we appreciate sometimes just the simple things of staying home at night, like, you know, right. or whatever that might look like for you. Being listened to. Yeah, exactly. Like, sitting with me in this very weird and awkward moment where this person yes. is making fun of me right now. Like, just being with me in that space. So I think that definitely speaks to the devaluation and, and just will. I mean, from a standpoint from the outside world and not having knowledge of, of this 
this term and this idea people see it as like oh he was defending your honor but from jada's perspective it could be like you fucking embarrassed the shit out of me yeah like, <laughs> i didn't need you to do I that i didn't ask for exactly. that yeah and so he didn't really consider her feelings or what she wanted in that moment he just on that instinct and impulse went up there because he looked over and saw that jada was sad but instead of being with her her in that moment he took it upon himself because he was feeling a certain way and i think that's the biggest thing with the toxic masculinity is this it's not about the the woman you know i think in this situation it was all about will he wasn't thinking about jada he was fulfilling something that he felt he needed to do in order to defend her honor but it just made things worse so and i really like that you bring up the the way in which defending or protecting a woman can be this devaluation Mm -hmm. and it makes me think of the concept of benign or ambivalent sexism Mm. versus like aggressive sexism so like when we think about sexism we all think about like thinking women are dumb or like (laughs) yeah hating women but benevolent sexism or benign sexism is usually this idea of like women are too precious or too fragile and they have to be protected and they can't do it on their own which is a devaluation Mm -hmm. and yeah i like your point too of maybe she just wanted a partner to be like that sucked or afterwards when they had a moment alone to be like how do you want to handle this exactly i'm on your team if you want me to go talk to him because we're friends right if you want me to never talk to him exactly (laughs) okay well maybe that could be toxic but you know like exactly figuring out like what is going to help my partner through this rather than assuming because of our gender roles Mm -hmm. i have to do x y and z to protect her yeah um and you're right we say we hear the term toxic masculinity and nobody seems to know what it is right and i think it's good for us to lay out how this is toxic masculinity in that will is relying on his gender role Mm -hmm. in his relationship with jada to make this decision and is even with the comment of like keep my wife's name out of your mouth like i'm sorry do you own jada's name (laughs) do you have the lease her name and copyright yeah (laughs) you get to determine who can say it but i also think on the the other hand Mm -hmm. Chris Rock's joke of like a woman is not feminine if she doesn't have hair. Exactly. Especially oh, God, with yeah. his history of knowing a black woman's mm-hmm. his, like struggle with hair. Oh god, yeah. There is in there a like a devaluation of women yes. as well. Yes. And I'm I'm not here to say like who was more toxic or not. <laughs> equally toxic. Yeah. <laughs> like right. like is any t- level of toxicity is toxic. Exactly. Um, But I think it is important to consider, like, toxic masculinity is not just, like, the fact that they're men Mm -hmm. that identify as men, but that they are engaging in behavior because of their gender identity that implicitly and explicitly sends the message a woman is too fragile to take care of herself or a woman has to have a man around her. And after this event happened, like, people were posting a ton of videos Mm -hmm. of, like, Jada talking about Will. Mm Mm-hmm some for nefarious reasons yeah. <laughs> but i did find one episode of red table talk that was going around very interesting where they were talking about her 40th birthday party oh. and i don't know if you saw this but will was talking about how like the day after like her 37th birthday party he started planning for her 40th hmm. and like hired a documentary crew like he he was planning for like, three years this party like filmed every part of it made oh. it this like huge celebration and she was so mad. 
And she says in the video, she was like, that was not about me. That was about your ego and you like making yourself feel better. And I think right there, Mm -hmm. that's like solid example of, and and that Jada is aware of how toxic masculinity is playing out in their relationship. So why don't we believe her? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) When she says things like, that's not how I want to be treated. Exactly. And I think there's this missing piece that a lot of men like, kind of get stuck in where they just assume like oh well this guy is making fun or this person is accosting you know my my wife my partner let me beat them up let me go straight to violence and I feel like that definitely stems from just the societal view that if you aren't fighting physically for your partner's honor then you're not a real man and so I think there's this bigger discussion that can be had on how can we redefine what these gender norms and roles are because you know as we're becoming hopefully a more progressive country hope fingers crossed (laughs) you know especially within like the lgbtq communities how does that play out when it's two women or two men you know these norms don't necessarily fit so we have to be more communicative in our relationships with our partners about what do you need for me to feel protected, to feel home, to feel safe, you know, yeah. and not assuming that because you're a woman, I have to protect you and because you're so fragile or something that because you're a man, oh, you're going to be the protector, you know? Right. So some big, big concepts and issues that <laughs> I, you know, I think can go over people's heads because we're so used to just the societal norms and we don't rock the boat. We don't question, but when you start to really question some of these things, it's like, yeah, why do the we assume that the men are the protectors? Why can't the yeah. women be the protectors? Yeah. You know? Or why can't, you know, we, um, men be maybe more sensitive to certain situations as it relates to, to women? You know, like, let's explore other ways on how to express, you know, gender, gender norms, and, and hopefully be more open to just... I guess having discussions versus going straight to violence because that's what society tells us that we should do because TV shows and movies like GI Jane or GI Joe or whatever say that for you to be a real man, Oh, you have to, you have to do this or for you to be a woman. Oh, you have to present yourself in this way. Yeah. And once again, Cassie, seamless transition (laughs) to one of the articles we looked at too, which was the gray 2021 um, which was, again, largely more about, like, domestic violence, but was specifically about heterosexual relationships. And one of the main points this article made was that rigid gender roles can be weaponized by both partners in the heterosexual relationship. So that means from both sides. So, like, the woman weaponizing not only her femininity, but also the man's gender identity against him and, and vice versa. Um, and, again, we don't know what was being said behind the scenes like we are not in we're not in those minds the relationship or anything exactly but this article was talking about you know from a man's perspective right that men may assert their dominance over their partners mm-hmm. will smith may have been doing this by kind of publicly declaring no one else can talk about my wife but is there a possibility that jada has weaponized her femininity in some of these extramarital affairs that have led to a feeling of emasculation and this article talked about women using their gender identity to emasculate the men they're in relationships with which i was like oh yeah i don't know i was it was an interesting 
take, but you you had mentioned that of like there's a lot of information out there about mm-hmm. her being with other men mm-hmm. while they have been together, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of the hot takes <laughs> I saw like on Twitter yeah. were implying this that Will has been emasculated because she has had relationships with other men while they are together and like a lot of talk about like having sex with someone inside their house yeah. which it's like I don't know I don't <laughs> I don't know what to make all of that but I thought it was interesting that this article did bring that yeah. up um and is it possible that there's like this emasculation feeling because of like the cheating or not even cheating but just like arrangements that they had made exactly. in their open relationship exactly and and I mean it's I feel like it's a slippery slope because you know knowing that Jada didn't want to get married but she is married to Will did that already set Will in this kind of in motion of feelings and and behaviors where Mm -hmm. I have to constantly prove myself and because of that and just never feeling like he was good enough for Jada how did that emasculate him and I can definitely see how Jada can use her femininity to you know emasculate him I mean and I feel like it's almost used in kind of both ways. She uses it as, a, as an empowerment for herself and other people because her red table talk, oh, her and her mother and her daughter, they can really go off and, and yeah. go deep <laughs> within their whole feminine, which I appreciate and I and yeah. I can understand. But on the flip side, you know, you are still married. You, you also mm-hmm. have done things that are outside of your marriage, you know, like these entanglements, you know, that have been widely publicized. And, you know, I wonder if there has been ownership that she's taken mm-hmm. in how she inadvertently maybe have contributed to this kind of series of events that led up to this point. Because yeah. if your husband feels like he's not good enough or that or hearing that you didn't want to get married, you know, what does that do to a man and kind of internally with mm-hmm okay, well, am I good enough? Like, what can I do to show her that I am the husband that, you know, that can take care of her, that loves her? So, you know, and and with her being so independent, that's where that kind of, you know, extremes come in. Like, you know, yes, using having a man to take care of you and be there for you is great. But also Jada is still very strong and independent and has been able to create a career of her own, create a name of her own. Um, you know, for the longest time, I remember she, she didn't want to take his last name, but eventually she did, you know, so all these various factors that, you know, coming from Will's perspective, like I can see that I can really make you feel like less of a man. Yeah. You yeah. know, my wife doesn't really need me. Like, look at her. She's doing all this thing. She's having extramarital affairs. She's, you know, having these red table talks where sometimes it's borderline male bashing and and really like feminism all the way you know which can be really empowering but she also has to remember that she also is married and you know if you believe in these things so wholeheartedly you kind of have to preface it in the sense like you know this this is my thoughts and feelings but I'm also still married and I'm also still committed to my partner and I also want to give a space for women and men who are married you know, mm-hmm. to understand where I'm coming from, but not be jaded. Because I feel like a lot of times the thing she says does jade people and it makes you think like, oh, well, damn, my man's not doing that or oh, he did that. So I should think this about him. Mm-hmm. So I think it just brings up a lot 
and just her maybe navigating and like I said my opinion I don't know what's going on in Jade's head I don't know what's going on in her life but I feel like you know her having all these different outlets is maybe a way to make up for the fact that maybe she's settled and Will feels that and so this back and forth of her emasculating him and him trying to prove to her that I am the man that's supposed to be in your life. I am a worthy husband and I am good enough. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. 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 You know, trick. We don't know, but I also do think it is interesting that, you know, we've, we've talked quite a lot about like gender roles mm-hmm. and how it seems like, especially in their relationship, the public facing side, right. you know, we've seen it played out. But yet their children are very, like, fluid in their gender expression. Willow and Jaden are, like, I don't even know what their pronouns are right now. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't, (laughs) right? Because that's how fluid they are. Yeah. And And they both also have had, like, very interesting relationships with their hair and their appearances and have taken a lot of criticism for how they've raised their children to be... I would say, I guess I would use the term more like gender expansive, like just being like both of those children seem to be very open to different types of gender expression. Mm -hmm. And I have to say a huge fan of Willow Smith's music. She's so good. So good. Yeah. (laughs) And like just, just even in the art that Willow makes is it's very, it plays with gender and plays with relationships and stuff like that. So I think it is interesting and probably a good sign for coming generations that even if our parents have struggled with really rigid gender mm-hmm. roles, that doesn't necessarily prevent you from raising children who have more opportunities to explore their gender identity. Exactly. It's not necessarily, gender isn't necessarily passed on. Exactly. From parent to child in the same way. And I think that is a place where we can, not like we have to dole out praise and punishment to Will right. and Jada, but like that we can admire that even if they've been struggling with this in their relationship, right. They have raised children who, for the most part, seem to be pretty well adjusted Mm -hmm. and seem to have had a lot of freedom to decide how they want to define their gender roles, which is kind of the point, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, I think it speaks to to them being really good parents and providing a safe space for their children to express themselves how they want to express themselves. I also feel like it's kind of like a, a product of because their lives were so public and because you know what Jaden was like less than 10 years old being admitted to the you know the Hollywood realm and same thing with Willow I think her first song was when she was like nine or ten or so yeah so I felt you know like because of just how uh they were exposed to just the real world um I feel like as parents they had no other choice but to allow them to just you know, really be open. Cause I mean, they were going over to other celebrities, kids houses and, you know, being exposed to these different ways of how other celebrity parents are raising their kids. Yeah. Um, I know, um, um, Jaden, I guess he goes by Sire now or Sire now, whatever. Uh, he, um, spends a lot of time with like Justin Bieber and, you know, really kind of underground artist and doing his own thing. And same thing with, with Willow, you know, she's into her whole, I think it's like punk rock. I love her music, but you know, really expansive. So, you know, I think because of them having just this kind of, I 
lack of a better term, just smorgasbord of different people that they can kind yeah. of look to and model from, not only their parents. You know, it. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like Will and Jada could confine them to just one way of living because they had all this exposure from other sources. So I think by supporting their kids and just allowing them to be who they want to be, you know, hopefully help them to develop a more inclusive and well-rounded view of the world because you know from the standpoint of of like will and jada they definitely grew up very different you know in a time where gender norms were very set in stone and you know um engaging in mu i think they were both in music and movies and um different forms of media you know i think they had to just kind of adapt and figure out well how are we going to navigate this first being black being in this industry where entertainment you know one minute you're hot and the next minute you're not like how do we keep up so um so i feel like there's so many things at play but but ultimately you know how they raise their kids definitely reflects how that openness that they have but i don't know if it translates back to like their own interpersonal i guess connectedness like I know, I don't know how many years ago it was, but they there was rumors that they were in open marriage. Yeah. So, um, and I think that was kind of the start of that whole entanglement situation where, you know, Jada was finding things from elsewhere. And it's not to always be put on Jada because I also heard Will was out there doing his own thing too. Yeah. yeah. So. Right, right. So the fact that Jada and her relationship was so publicized but not will in his indiscretions i think kind of also speaks to just those gender norms that it's okay for men to go out on their wives and Mm. to have all these extramarital affairs when it comes to the wife oh no that's taboo that's a no-no and and it became public knowledge and this whole big thing you know songs were made about it and you know was such a, a a big scandal that you know um like Literally, I think the person, his name was um, August Alsina, like he had to get off social media for a minute because he was getting so much backlash and things happening. And he was the one that came out about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, I feel like there's definitely a double standard at play. Mm -hmm. And because of that double standard, you know, it fed into Will feeling that insecurity and Jada also feeling the need to exert her femininity in a way that um maybe in a subconscious unconscious way mm-hmm. led to will going up on stage and slapping chris rock doing a slap so yes. man well i want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up because we have been chatting about this for a hot minute right? <laughs> <laughs> but i think honestly for me and i would love to hear your take on this but for me i think the biggest thing about this whole situation is it has really been a very clear example of projection and i think from everyone involved like from jada will and chris rock all the way through everybody who's ever tweeted about it (laughs) the projection is what is like tainting or influencing the the opinions that we're seeing Mm -hmm. and you know, as again, mental health professionals, we are very familiar with projection. We get things projected onto us all the time. time. We also are aware of when we project Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but I think for people who aren't steeped in right, this <laughs> the world we yeah. are, <laughs> it can be really hard to understand when projection is happening. And essentially projection is just like your own experiences and the way that you're thinking you are attributing to the person you are observing. Mm-hmm. And we also project motivations onto people. So, for example, I heard a quite a variety of takes. I heard a lot of the takes about he's defending his wife. He's defending his family, which I was like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the children were exactly. involved. Exactly. didn't see them there. So. so projecting that idea of like, someone would do this to protect a family. Mm-hmm. The projection of like, like, I mean, we talked about toxic masculinity. Just like, this is how men handle their problems. Right. Whether you're projecting that that's good or bad. Right onto the activity as well and then people who like i saw a lot of people saying that jada made him do it right projecting this motivation of like or projecting this idea of like a like a uh like downtrodden man who is like controlled like a puppet by his wife and like we've been saying throughout this episode you know we don't know what really happened and what everybody was thinking but man what a powerful example of how you can project something mm-hmm. onto somebody and then just like really believe that that was what was happening. Oh, God, yeah. And that I think a lot of people have trouble sorting out what am I projecting onto this person mm-hmm. and what is the, like the reality of the person's actions. And so I think for me, that's the biggest lesson yeah. from this whole situation is like the power of projection. Exactly. But you know, yeah, I, I, you can disagree. I mean, I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge powerful thing because I mean, if, we were to just take the slap at what face value, like, wow, Will Smith just slapped a man on stage without all of the extra projections. Would it have gained as much notoriety as it did? Mm. I don't think it would have, you know, but because there's, and to even break it down a little bit further, um, to add a little bit of a cultural piece in it. Cause I also saw, because you know, black Twitter, <laughs> they get on there and, and it's like, it moves fast, moves really fast. <laughs> You know, they had their own kind of view, which was both from the standpoint of like for and against Will and and same thing with like Chris Rock and, you know, people saying like, you know, Will shouldn't have done that. You know, he's a black man. And as a black man, you have to represent the culture and you you can't be, you know, pretty much misrepresenting us in a way where now we're get, all black folks are going to be banned from the Oscars. So that's kind of one projection. Other projection was like, Oh, Will's the man because he's defending his wife and like you know as a black man you gotta take care of yours and people were getting into this historical things of with slavery I was like okay now we're taking it to a whole other level yes I understand how that cultural please plays plays a role but we're talking about the fucking Oscars yeah. like yeah come on now it's I mean it's not that deep so you know and I think that power of projection and people having just so many different viewpoints based on these varying projections where we can kind of get caught up in like, oh, well, this this happened. People said this and all these opinions arise. And at the core of it, you know, we have to just be a little bit more aware and not just kind of feed in and just automatically take up the things that social media and the media project onto us as as consumers because we are we are consuming this media when we watch tv when we're on social media when we're on twitter you know we are subjecting ourselves to subliminal messages that 
are projecting, you know, like you should go do this or you should do that. And, and, you know, yes, there's a lot of different conspiracy theories and things around, which I won't get into, but we have to start maybe picking apart, you know, the narratives and the projections that social media is kind of putting on us because a lot of times people get this projection or this portrayal of something and we just run with it. And all of yes. a sudden, you know, we're thinking this person is this and that and the other. But what do you think versus what the media and everything is projecting onto you? And I just want to challenge people who are listening today to think about when you hear something on TV or on a podcast or on television or whatever, you know, a movie that thinking about how you feel about it, not how you think society should make you feel about it but your general feelings because now you're tapping into your own self-awareness and kind of figuring out how this impacts you not based on this global societal projection of like oh will smith slapped somebody and you can have this perspective of oh he was defending his wife or he was completely out of line but what are your feelings so right. hopefully just generating you know more awareness and just more openness to not just rolling with what social media tells us because a lot of the shit is just based in entertainment. You know, it's not necessarily fact, you know, and, and you're getting a very, very small picture. Yeah. It's almost like a snapshot, you know, like a little blurb and we're running with it as if, Oh, like we know the whole story and we're creating all these narratives and all these different things. And now because we've gotten this projection, now we're projecting someone else's projection on another person. Hopefully it sounds too convoluted. <laughs> but but you see how it can create this like this contagion of like yeah. projecting wrong information, projecting toxic masculinity in these ways that people don't even know, like using this term very loosely, like, oh well that's toxic masculinity. This person just opened the door for a woman the fuck <laughs> you know like let's not take it to that extreme like let's be a little bit more intuitive and like yeah. check in with ourselves about okay how does this make me feel not how i think yeah. society is feeling from it but how does it make me feel and hopefully learning something from it and kind of taking it at face value oscars are the entertainment world you know i mean some people do think that whole thing was scripted and that's why will wasn't arrested yeah but you know, we have to kind of make our own conclusions and just be a little bit more aware in how we can kind of break the stereotypes and break this idea of toxic masculinity and traditional gender norms and allow ourselves just to be a little bit more free to live the lives that we choose, that we see fit. Right. And what a therapist answer <laughs> say. <laughs> you know, it's a snapshot. We're not seeing the whole picture. Yes. And I would piggyback off that, too, and say, you know, when examining what is my reaction to an event right. of of taking the time, because I think both of us are saying slow down. Exactly. And that is a message I give a lot yes, on this podcast. Right? It's like slowing down and that if I'm having a reaction to something, like if I'm having a reaction to seeing the slap right. on a video, right. where is my reaction coming from? Is it coming from, well, I've seen seven people on social media say it's this, so it's just easier to believe exactly. that. Is it coming from, I've had a bad relationship, right. or I've been in a situation where this happened, and I felt a certain type of way about mm -hmm. it. And, you know, is that necessarily exactly what's happening here? Or is this just me remembering and projecting my past experience right. onto these people that I don't know? Right. And I think, especially with 
celebrity culture, mm-hmm. social media. We don't know these people. We don't. We we are observing, and it is fun, and the memes are funny. Yes. Hilarious. <laughs> and, like, I, you know, I'm not saying, like, that means don't share memes and, like, make funny jokes, but there comes a point where it's becoming too serious, and now it's becoming a representation of the entire history of men and women or the entire history of black people. And it is just an event that happened. And I think that we can also translate that into our own lives, right? right? Of like, if you're in a relationship or just any interpersonal interaction and you believe that somebody is attacking you or coming after your insecurities or whatever like type of situation is happening, Another great moment to pause and slow down Mm -hmm. and think, is this what is happening or is this my past experience that's kind of coming to the forefront to influence this interaction? Now, that's not to say in any domestic violence situation you need to do that. We're saying, like, get safety. There's resources on the website, like, all of that stuff. But in these more gray areas, these more, like, these small conflicts, what are we bringing to the other person and projecting onto them? Versus what is actually happening in front of us. And yeah, sometimes even just like not having to dive deep and just like what is actually happening in front of me. My partner is crying versus my partner is crying because blah, 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 blah. Extra judgments on it. Right. Just like slowing down solves so many problems. It really (laughs) does. I mean, I know we live in a fast paced society. You know, we talk fast, we move fast. I know I talk fast. Uh, So I get that. But that just means that when we do things fast, there's more room for error. So more reason for us to slow down and make sure that we're engaging in, you know, appropriate thought processes and that we're engaging in appropriate behaviors and feelings and that we're not kind of just adopting someone else's feelings because it's easier. And sometimes it is easier just to be like, oh, well, you know, Chris Rock deserved it or Will Smith should have done that. But no, digging deep into what are you feeling and also if yeah. it's not that deep taking it for the face value yeah you know letting it letting it roll and just yeah and i think that's also why i'm glad we did this topic like like a month and a half yes. after it happened yes. like we have both had time to slow down yeah. talk about things that are important to the situation mm-hmm. after kind of all the information right. has come right. out um and, you know, and still, even though it's been so long and it's probably out of the zeitgeist, but it is. <laughs> doesn't matter. We wanted to talk about right? it. You know, I think we can model like acknowledging projection, but also like I think we've made it very clear we, we don't know. Don't. Right. And there are some things that we just aren't going to know. Exactly. And you got to be OK with letting it roll, exactly. letting it roll and, and moving on for your own. Well. Exactly. And even on the flip side, you know, if we don't know. Let's not, you know, put extra on something that it, we don't even know anything about. Yeah. Like, let's allow that family to heal and figure their shit out and work through this this process. And without us having to put, you know, all these other projections and ramifications and, and things that we think, you know, because we are allowed an opinion and with how easily accessible social media is with literally a press of a button our thoughts and opinions are exposed to the entire world to see Mm -hmm. so you know maybe slowing down on that and just you know giving this family the space to just figure their shit out because obviously they have been in the public eye for quite some time and the last thing they need is for people to just start assuming and making these kind of judgments based on literally one event that happens like literally once a year 
And it just so happened that he was nominated for an Oscar, won his very first Oscar. And I think that also played a big role, you know, because, you know, in African-American culture, historically, we don't really get that many Oscars. But more recently, you know, hopefully because we're progressive and, you know, there are more nominations. Not as many wins, but more nominations. So, you know, like focusing on the positive things like, wow, because of this slap, we totally forgot that that Will won his first Oscar for King Richard, which was a great movie. You know, but because of this slap heard around the world, we lose sight of the most most important things. So it's like bringing it back to the important things and kind of redirecting our focus so that, yeah, entertainment is good. But let's also realize that these are still human beings. These are people who still struggle just like the rest of us. So some compassion. And there's a big difference between sharing a meme and like going on their Instagram pages to make your opinions exactly. known or like tagging them and they like, like trolls do. Yeah. So yeah. You know, we don't maybe we don't need to do that. Right. Exactly. Well, I think that's like about all that I have for us today. Is there any last last words you want to no, wrap us up I with, mean, Cassie? I can't thank you enough for inviting me to this Aww. very special event. I mean, I feel really honored because I've you know you know my my love for podcast and my love for yeah. you and Aww. just how amazing you are I mean this woman is like superwoman she does everything you cease to amaze, <laughs> amaze me grace and so um just want to thank you and and you know hopefully people um understand that we are coming from a place of just wanting to provide information a different perspective and that you know we're giving our opinions but end of the day, you know, um, hopefully someone is able to learn something and maybe make a change in their own life. So, so yeah. Well, as always, you can email at psychmindedpod at gmail.com or follow any of the social medias. If you want Cassie back for another topic, yes. feel free to shoot an email or a DM and let us know what you'd like to hear from Cassie I would again. Be happy to come back. She will be back. She will be back either way. Yes. <laughs> but if you have any uh, anything you'd like to hear from Cassie, uh, feel free to shoot me any correspondence but otherwise i just want to say thank you for sticking with me through the episode and i'll see you in the next one Bye bye to see the sources and resources mentioned in the episode visit psychologicallymindedpod.com or click the link in the show notes to contact me with any questions or comments about this topic or upcoming episodes email me at psychmindedpod at gmail.com Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you and see you in the next episode.